We are April and Scott, creators of NaughtyGym.com, and this is The Naughty Gym Show. For years, we've been fitness and nutrition coaches to thousands of people through our commercial gyms and online platform. We've also spent nearly a decade in an ever-evolving open relationship. This show brings together two of our biggest passions, fitness and sex positivity. Our mission is to maximize the physical and mental health of anyone brave enough to explore relationship structures that run counter to societal norms. We have demolished our old ways of thinking about relationships and from that rubble built a life full of happiness, adventure, and vitality. And now we want to help you do the same. So hop on the treadmill, start the show, and let us teach you how to never stop playing. Hi guys, welcome back to the Naughty Gym Show. Before we get started, I want to do a little shameless plug for <laughs> Shameless Care. That's clever. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And um, this isn't just um, a company that is concerned about making a bunch of money, while I think that is probably one of the goals, but they really do care about people. We know the owner and um, the owners, they came to our Be Better at Being Bad week, but Shameless Care, an amazing company that cares about your sexual health and your sexual function. So they do discrete STD testing, STI testing, where you can have it sent right to your home. And it's a full comprehensive panel, even more comprehensive than what you can typically get in your doctor's office. So they do an oral swab, anal, vaginal, and a blood test. And Oral gonorrhea is a thing. In fact, about a year ago, there was a big outbreak at a lifestyle event. And because most people don't do oral swabs, they didn't know. So you can have it sent right to your house. You get a consult, online consult with a doctor and the results right to your phone. And ours were super quick, like three to five days after they received the test kit. So they also do ED medication. So lifestyle events can cause a lot of stress, sometimes anxiety for guys, right? And when the blood flow starts going to your noggin, it stops going to your lower area. Yeah, especially <laughs> especially when you're new to it and you're like your first time in a situation, you think, oh, I got two women. I'm about to have set. And you think everything's going to work perfectly because I'm going to be so turned on. A lot of times the nerves will kick in and um, you're going to be thankful for that extra help. Yeah. So there's no shame in it. Sometimes you need a little extra help. So you can also get that at shamelesscare.com. Use Naughty Gym, the promo code Naughty Gym, all one word, and you'll save $30. All right. Enough of that. We're moving on. And if you are watching us on YouTube, please subscribe and like. And if you are listening to us on the podcast, also subscribe or follow, leave us a review. All of that helps us move in the algorithms so that more people can hear us. And um, we're trying to reach as many people as we can. Okay, so today's episode I've been thinking about for quite some time now. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about not New Year's resolutions, but goals. Um, it's We're well into 2024, and uh, we probably should have talked about this months ago, but there's never a bad time to talk about this. Well, and I think this is a great time because of something you said the other day. Now is about the time the average person has stopped yeah. following through with their New Year's resolution plan. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of setting New Year's resolutions. I am a constant goal setter. So I'm always working on some type of goal. Um, but I want to give a little bit of history. Um, so we just sold our gym. Um, so we have some, It's we're a week and a half in or a little over a week yeah. into not owning a gym where I was spending... 12 to 16 hours a day working. And um, and so were you. Yeah. Very busy days, not a lot of time for self-care. So um, I'm going to go even further back. In 2021, when my parents passed away, started kind of this downward spiral for me. Um, I was uh, working the gym. We were working Naughty Gym online. Um we had been outed all at the same time, and my my health and my priorities kind of I, I shifted those to the side. I, I stopped making those a priority. People think that when you work at a physical gym, you must work out all the time, and that was kind of the opposite case for me. I was really struggling to find 
my time and carve out time in the day where I was able to focus 100% on my workouts. Um, my workouts ended up being you dragging me out of the office, kind of <laughs> with my feet dragging away from the computer. And I would hurry up, get a 40-minute workout in that really my heart wasn't in. In hindsight, I can see that I had burnout, yeah. which is not an uncommon thing. When I look back at the symptoms, I was um, having a hard time really getting excited about anything Um in the fitness realm, um, as far as my own personal goals. Um, I was dreading going to the gym. Um, I just was, I had some depression I was dealing with. Um, and all of that kind of came together for the perfect storm of, I just don't want to fucking do it anymore. It It was a rough year or so. Yeah. So, What I am thankful for is we've been, I've been in the fitness industry for so long that I had already established some habits over the last 20 years that I was able to stay consistent with when I couldn't control anything else. Drinking water, that's something that I just have, since I was little, I can, I would drink a full glass of water before I went to bed, a full glass when I woke up in the morning. And it's something that I was able to maintain. Um, Making protein my priority at every meal, that was something I was able to maintain. And when I look back, it wasn't something that I was consciously doing or making an effort to do. It was just something that had become so ingrained in who I am that it was easy to do. And that's going to be the purpose of this podcast, right? Is to show people or talk about some tips that you can use to help develop habits that not only help you when things are going great, but you sort of fall back on when things aren't right. Right. Yeah. Because life is going to throw curveballs at you. It's not always going to be easy to get to the gym. It's not going to always be easy to do what you need to to live a long life and live a healthy life. And so if you can establish those habits, then when things get tough and um, you, you know, you, you're able to do what you can, however minuscule that is, those things compound and lead to long-term good effects, right? Um, so on top of all of that, I, um, I had never had anxiety before until my parents passed and I started struggling with anxiety and researching natural ways to deal with anxiety and ADD, which I didn't, I've, I never as a child, because we were poor mostly, so we didn't go to the doctor a whole lot when I was a kid. I've never had taken medication for ADD. Looking back on my childhood, I just kind of was like a self-soother. I had to figure it out. Like, this is just something I have to deal with. I didn't understand. When we talk about math, I can totally see how my ADD affected my ability to focus on schoolwork and stuff like that. But um, so over the last year or so, I've been seeking out natural remedies for that, like nootropics and um, mushrooms and stuff like that. Um, So we're going to talk about that a little bit later as well. So I want to talk about the five things, the five biggest things that can make an impact on your health journey, your fitness journey, and creating longevity in your life. Um, Because ultimately, we all want to age well. We don't want to be in a nursing home. Yeah, I'm I'm currently struggling with that process <laughs> of aging well. <laughs> you're not. You're aging beautifully. <laughs> but, you know, we hear stories all the time. I actually had a client um, about six months ago whose mother fell, and she laid on the floor for three days before anyone found her. She was alive, thank God, but she was not strong enough to pull herself up and get to a phone. Wow. And that's scary. But that we hear a lot of stories like that where, you know, somebody has a fall and they're not strong enough to get back up. So. And it's important, not just from a health reason, which is the ultimate reason for doing these kinds of they've taken care of yourself, uh, but relevant to probably a lot of our audience or maybe all of our audience is. 
I don't care how good you think your technique is in bed. If you don't have a decent or serviceable level of fitness, mm -hmm. cardiovascular health, that sort of thing, you're not as good as you could be. You, yeah. You're not as good of a partner as you could be uh, in bed because fitness is a huge benefit in the bedroom. Right. Yeah, I agree. All right. So I'm going to, I've got my list, my top five, and you may have some other than that. I think I know you well enough to know that um, these are probably your top five too. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, you know me well enough to know I don't have any. This is my list of five things <laughs> you should be doing in 2024. All right, let's okay. go. Number one. What Number is one is making protein and high quality foods your focus. Okay. So we know after the age of 40, 50, into your 60s, 70s, we are losing muscle mass at an increased rate. Maintaining muscle mass is important because it helps with hormone regulation. It's going to help us get off of the floor if we fall. It's going to help us maintain a healthy body composition. Um, you know, especially women after the age of 35, when our hormones start changing, we start developing uh, more visceral fat around the like organs, around the gut. The worst type of fat. Right. Yeah. Which leads to an increased risk of cardiovascular diseases, which, by the way, is the number one killer of women, cardiovascular disease. Um, and so protein, making that your primary focus at every meal, how much protein should we be getting every day? Uh, well, there's a lot of debate about that, but the typical advice you'll hear is between one gram per pound of body weight mm -hmm. down to about maybe three quarters of a gram per pound of body weight. So right. if you weigh 200 pounds, that's somewhere between uh, 150 mm -hmm. and 200 grams of protein a day. And if you do that, if you try to do that, you'll realize that's not very easy. If you accurately track the amount of protein you're taking in, do it for a week yeah, and see. It, it's hard. It becomes a part-time job to get that much protein in through natural food, which is why we often supplement with a protein shake or right. pro protein supplement. Right. So that's a lot of protein to eat. And if you're also eating high-quality foods like fruits and vegetables, it's going to be almost impossible to overeat as far as calorie-wise. Calories we're not as concerned about. So when we're coaching a client and they want to know how many calories should I eat, our first question is how much protein are you getting and what are what else are you eating, right? And it's not to say that calories aren't important. You, right. You can't lose weight if you're eating more calories than you're burning. Right. But a calorie is a calorie. So you can either, like, I can run a mile uphill or I can run a mile downhill, which is easier. A mile's a mile, right? So a calorie is a calorie, but there are better calories. Wait, are you saying running a mile downhill is, is easier? Oh, it's easier. Okay. Yeah. I thought running you were a mile suggesting downhill. they were the same. No, I'm saying they're not the same, just like. All calories. Some people will say calories are the same. So it doesn't matter where I get my calories from as long as I'm burning more than I'm ingest, you know, right, taking right. in. Right, right. Which is not true. Correct. Right. Yeah. So if you are making protein your main focus at every meal, then what are some other high-quality foods? Your fruits, your vegetables, you know, potatoes, rice. You can get 1,000 calories from fruits and vegetables or you can get 1,000 calories from one donut. But, That's a big donut, but yeah, that sounds good. I think you've actually. had that. <laughs> <laughs> or a crumble cookie, one yeah. oh, crumble yeah. cookie. I think um, I was looking yesterday, I think it was like 1,700 calories because they're supposed to be six servings in one, one cookie. Oh, well, and, and the, one of the reasons this is so important, like you can eat, uh, uh, just as a, another example, you could eat 1,000 calories of McDonald's or 1,000 calories of good food you cook at home. Your weight loss is for the most part, going to be the same. Mm -hmm. But the issue is, is you're going to not, you're not going to look the same. You can weigh 140 pounds and be what we would call skinny fat, where you probably look okay in clothes, but you don't have the look you'd like to have in a bathing suit. Or you can weigh 140 pounds of uh, a very good body fat percentage, and it it is a huge difference. In fact, we've seen you, you can go on Google now and Google images of women who gained weight mm -hmm. but look ten times better because it's now muscular, beautiful looking physique, and it's not this sort of skinny fat. So the calories, the quality of the calories matter. Yeah, for sure. You, 
we've had clients say, I feel like I'm eating all the time. I'm full all the time. Yet they're losing weight or their body composition is changing, but it's because they're eating high quality foods and high protein diets. Um, If you are a vegan or a vegetarian, it's going to be much harder and you have to be way more intentional with your sources of protein. I don't love beans for a source of protein because they're more carbohydrates. They're going to process in your body more like a carbohydrate. And you have to eat a lot to get your protein recommendations. Um, We suggest adding in some type of protein supplement. I would rather you eat your protein, but it's it's going to be very difficult. I weigh 170 pounds. It's a, it's really difficult for yeah. me to get 170 grams of protein. Eat. I'd have to eat a lot of meat. Just as an example, that's about six chicken breasts in one day. So. Yeah. And I like meat, <laughs> but <laughs> it's a lot of meat to eat. Um, and so <laughs> we typically use a whey protein isolate that has about 22 to 25 grams of protein per serving, three grams of carbohydrates or less. And so it's not a lot of junk. And we'll just mix it with water and shoot it. And it's about 125 calories. Yeah. So even if you have two or three servings in a day, it's a small percentage of your total calorie. I don't love the taste of any protein powder I've ever had. I don't think I've ever had one where I'm like, oh, this is so delicious. But I also don't make um, like milkshakes. Like I don't put milk and peanut butter and bananas and I don't. I just or, feel like that's a lot of extra fillers. Right. The way we do it is you put one scoop in, cover it with just enough water to get it wet. And it's it's like drinking one shot of, I mean, it's one shot, not, yeah. not something you have to nurse for 30 minutes. Yeah. It's just super quick and easy to get it in. Not That's not saying that protein <laughs> shakes are bad. You, um, I, We just don't prefer them yeah. like that. So making high protein and quality foods your focus. That's number one. Number two is resistance training or some type of strength training at least three times a week. A week. Um, and this is going to go hand in hand with building and maintaining muscle mass. Now, you may not like strength training and res- resistance training. We are big proponents of find something that you love to do and do it. But This may be one of those things where if you don't like doing it, you just have to fucking suck it up and do it (laughs) because you're not going to be you're not going to build muscle by taking a one mile walk. A little bit, maybe, but that's not how muscle is built. Right. You're not going to. We've had people say, well, I work, um, you know, in retail and I'm on my feet for 10 hours a day. That does not count. (laughs) That's great. You're probably burning a good amount of calories, but you need resistance and strength training a minimum of three times a week to build and maintain muscle mass. And it gets even more important the older you get. One of the biggest uh, or leading causes of accidents and death among people over the age of 50 are falls, Mm -hmm. accidental falls. Part of that is the loss of balance, coordination, and muscle mass that just happens as we age. And so a lot of times we think as we get older, it's like, eh, I'm past that point in my life where I'm trying to get the vanity muscles and all of that sort of stuff. But it's not about that as you get older. It's about maintaining functional muscle mass that allows you to get off the floor, prevents you from falling down on the floor, and keeps you healthy. It is not something you can have optimal health and avoid at the same time. That's fine if you don't want to do it. Just know you're choosing to not be as healthy as you could be. Right. And girls, you do not get bulky. <laughs> um, you are not, uh, I mean, unless you're a genetic freak, and that is such a rare thing for a woman to be able to lift weights and immediately get bulky. Yeah. Now, it's possible that your diet is shit and you're lifting weights, and so you are going to put on weight and get bigger. But that's fat. Right. Most mostly. Right. But I can't tell you in the last 22, 23 years how many times I've had women say, I just I start working out and I get really bulky. It's not true. Well, and we've like you're right. We've heard that a thousand times. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. In fact, I tried to do it when I was powerlifting. I and was you got a lot of muscle on you. I do have a lot of muscle. But mass. you did everything in your power to do it. I was trying, I was working out eight days a week. <laughs> Wow. It was, I was lifting as heavy as I possibly could for an hour or two a day. Competitive power lifter. And trying to put on mass. And it just, I loved the way my body looked, but I was not getting bigger. 
Not much. Not much. And you yeah. were do, and you were you were lifting heavy all the time, eating bulks of protein. Yeah. And and you just couldn't do yeah. it. And you're a big person by nature. Right. Thanks. Uh, I mean, I'm saying I am. Tall, I am. And, I'm you know, five eight, hundred and seventy. I'm proud. Um, I'm not wrapped up on what my on my weight. I don't get hung up on that. I like to see body composition. Yeah. So, ladies, if your excuse for not lifting weights is you tend to get muscular really easily. Uh, I'm willing to bet you that you're wrong. <laughs> so message me and tell me how much you hate me for saying that, but you're wrong. You don't get bulky really easily. But if you do resistance training and you follow a diet with high protein and high uh, quality foods, you will see changes in your body composition that you'll probably be pretty happy with. Yeah. And we're not talking about getting under 300 pound barbells. Yeah. I mean, if you want to compete in some strength sports, you're going to have to do that kind of stuff. We're just talking about you know, a, a moderate amount of weight done for a moderate amount of reps, just to, if you want to just maintain what you have, it yeah. doesn't take anything uh, excruciating. Right. Well, and we have at naughtygym.com, our online fitness platform, coaching platform, we offer three versions of a workout every day. One of those just requires some dumbbells and that's enough. Resistance training. Well, Do one that. of them's no equipment. Yeah, that's not going to, yeah, some of it. Um, is yeah, no equipment, dumbbells, or full fully sock gym. Um, so check that out. Yeah, and resistance training doesn't have to mean you're holding a weight. Doing a push up is resistance training. Mm -hmm. You're using your body weight there. So um, you know, it's easier when you have some weights, but because yeah. you, know, you just have more variety. But yeah. All right. So number one, sleep or uh, make protein a priority in high quality foods. Number two, resistance training three times a week at a minimum. And number three making sleep a priority. This is a big one. Um, <laughs> we're working on that with ourselves too, to make sleep a priority and, and uh, have a better quality of sleep. We've got our, we started using Whoop um, about two or three years ago right. now. Um, and that really showed us, because we thought we were sleeping great, um, it showed us how alcohol alcohol, alcohol affects Alco our sleep. Alcohol. <laughs> I Are you, I'm have sober. you had some alcohol before this podcast? Yeah. I'm totally sober. <laughs> but um, because we've heard people say alcohol makes me sleep better, no, it doesn't. That's not true. It changes your respiratory rate. It changes your heart rate. Changes your hormone regulation. Alcohol may help you fall asleep fast, i.e., passing out. Uh, but buy any sleep monitoring device you yeah. want and then go have a night of drinking and let it show you what your quality of sleep was night for. It sucks. Yeah. And it gets it. And there's no, I, I, we have one or two drinks and it picks up on it and our sleep quality goes into the shit. It and we don't tell it ahead of time that we had alcohol. Well, yeah, you can't. It, it just, it just monitors your, I don't know what it monitors, but it picks up. <laughs> Heart rate, blood uh, blood oxygen levels, uh, yeah, it can. This can detect if you're uh, if you're starting to get sick. Like it'll show you like your yeah. heart rate variability changes and stuff like that. So, um, sh another shameless plug. Whoop, you can go to our the link in our bio and um, get your own. Um, and I think it's just like thirty dollars a month to monitor it, and the band is free. Um, so sleep scientists have said there is a direct correlation between um, sleep deprivation and weight gain. And there's a few reasons for that. Your appetite regulating hormones get out of whack when you're sleep deprived. So you're not able to your also your judgment is impaired. Um, so you're more likely to eat lower quality foods. You're too tired to meal prep. You're too tired to go grocery shopping. And you crave the bad foods worse. You, you crave know. the bad foods worse. So this is a fun fact that um, I was reading the other day. Uh, the same cannab cannabinoids that are in um, cannabis, when you ingest that, sometimes you get the munchies. Yeah. Our brain produces endocannabinoids cannabinoids. Why can I say that now? I don't know. I can't say that. <laughs> Endo Endocannabinoids, <laughs> all right, which also increase hunger. So when you're sleep deprived, that's what your brain produces and it makes you hungry. Just like 
you just don't get the effects of actual cannabis. Yeah, you don't, you with, don't get to enjoy the high. You just, right. You're just crabby and tired and hungry. And want, and want some Captain Crunch. Right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, there's things like people will sacrifice sleep to wake up really early in the morning to work out. And you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not getting a quality six to eight hours a night of sleep. Um, and really, they say seven to eight, but I know a lot of people can function pretty well on six mm-hmm. to eight hours of sleep. Um, you're you're fighting against your own body. Your hormones are having trouble regulating. Um, you're not getting into that deep REM and deep sleep where your body um, regulates hormones and repairs itself. And um, no, well, one of the things we would suggest if you're that person says, "I only sleep three or four hours a night, can't get any more," go see a sleep doctor. Yeah. Um, if you, if you, there, there's a lot of information on the internet about ways to improve your sleep quality, but if you just adamantly believe it is not possible for you, you're taking sleep medicine and you're, you have a blacked out room and you've got great pillows and mattress and all that stuff that we all know we should have, uh, go see a sleep doctor. It's that important. Don't be the person's like, I don't want to go see a doctor. It can change your life if mm-hmm. you can get this dialed in. Yeah. There are things you can do to help with your sleep habits, like turn the TV off 30 minutes before bed, turn off all devices, you know, dark your room out, do some light meditation or yoga right before bedtime. If you have trouble getting to sleep, a lot of times it's because we're so amped up right before we go to bed that we're like, okay, now it's time to go to bed. I have to get in bed now so that I can get seven hours of sleep and your adrenaline's still up and... So create a calming environment about, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour before you go to bed. Turn things off, get a book, turn the lights down, um, and make it a peaceful, calm environment. We're not so great at that. No, I mean, we came home from the pickleball courts at nine o'clock last night. So yeah. I, <laughs> I did yoga before I went to bed last night, though. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that helped. But another thing about this whoop is, it gives you a report every morning and you're either red, which is you slept bad, you're either or yellow, which is okay, or green. So the goal is to get in the green where you had really restful, deep sleep. And so I don't know about you, but I will make changes. If I wake up and it said that I had a red night, I will make changes throughout my day to try and get that. It's like a game. We're so competitive to try and get it in the green that night. So I'll meditate. I'll deep breathe. I'll try to keep my stress levels low during the day so that I can get in the green that night. Well, and another thing, going back to the quality food, when you're eating better, all of the stuff around sleep gets easier. Yeah. You sleep longer. You sleep deeper. You you go to bed and fall asleep quicker. All of those things improve uh, when you're eating well. And yeah. all of these things are interwoven together. They work to help with each other. So, right. you know, it's not enough to just make one change. And we're not telling you you've got to flip your whole life upside down over the course of the weekend and to get everything straight out. These are all can be incremental, but they all uh, are synergistic as well. Yeah. Well, and that goes back to what I was saying when I was experiencing burnout. Um I was in no frame of mind to go, okay, I'm going to start tracking my macros. I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start, I'm going to count my calories. I just was like, you know what? I'm going to drink water today instead of Coke. I'm going to try and get to bed early tonight. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to take some deep breaths and meditate for a little bit because I've been doing that for years. I knew what I needed to do. Sometimes I just wasn't able to do it as much as I wanted to, but I still, it was able to get through that without having to take anti-anxieties and, um, you know, stuff like that. Not saying that those are bad. I just would prefer to do it holistically. Yeah. All right. So make protein high priority. Resistance training. Make sleep a priority. Number four is create an environment that you love. (laughs) So what I mean by that is surround yourself with people who are going to encourage you, build you up, um, 
help you, hold you accountable, people that you enjoy being around, people who are doing the same thing you're wanting to do. Right. Which I would assume also means getting rid of the people that aren't doing those things. Well, not getting rid of, but maybe not making them your primary people you go to. So I can remember when I used to work an office job and I would bring my meals to work every day and they would almost make fun of me, like shame me because they were going to Wendy's to grab a burger and fries. And, oh, you know, and eventually they just stopped asking me to go to lunch with them, which was fine with me. But they were kind of assholes about it. and. So if you have friends, they weren't my friends, but I'm just saying people have friends in their life who are like this, where if you go out to eat and, you know, you order the grilled chicken and veggies and a potato, they're like, oh, you you know, you think you're better than us because you're eating healthy or something. You're one of those people. Yeah. There's something about somebody who wants to be better that really it's almost a visceral visceral reaction in people who aren't doing that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like they almost take it as like you're making offended. Yeah, you're making fun of them or you're saying what they're doing is wrong. Right, right. Yeah. Um but I will go back to say this. I do think that the flip side of this coin of having people in your life that support you and think the way that you do having people that make that difficult, it might be a goal to start not giving those people that much space in your life. Yeah. And it happened Boundaries. to us a little bit accidentally when when we got outed as being in an open relationship and all of the people that think poorly of us anyway mm-hmm. now had their excuse to remove themselves from our yeah. life where we probably should have removed them already. Right. And now all of a sudden we're surrounded by, by nothing but or almost nothing but positivity. Yeah. Because that filter of uh, people not wanting to hang out with somebody that has the private life that we do mm-hmm. has been a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens if um, somebody is married to someone who is not supportive of their health and fitness journey? We've run into that. We actually had some clients who um, at our commercial gym And he was very um, discouraging and very condescending and very almost just mean to her about her weight loss. And so my suggestion with that is, tell him he's an asshole. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) There's, you can still find your tribe. You can still, if you're with somebody and maybe that is difficult because they don't want to eat the way you want to eat or you know, it doesn't have to be so extreme where they're they're mean to you. But, um, you know, in my previous life, um, I was married to someone kind of like that. And when I was running, I would find a group of women who love to run and I would run with them. I would um, find online communities of people who can hold me accountable. I had, you know, a couple girlfriends who would encourage me and, you know, would meal prep and stuff like that. So, Try to find those people. Reach out to them if you are watching somebody, you know, on social media that you, um, you know, are drawn to or like the way that they do things. Message them. You know, how do you do this? Can can you give me any tips? Can you help hold me accountable? Whatever well, that is. Well, I want to give an unpop- possibly unpopular opinion and definitely controversial, but... I'm going to stand by it, and you can give me hate messages in the comments Uh if you want to. But if you have a spouse who is your most uh, frequent point of contact with life, I mean, that's the person you're spending your time with or most of your time with, and they don't support or there's a lot of tension or conflict and they don't support the things that you want to do, I see two avenues. One is counseling, Mm -hmm. which I don't think. My experience is that the the failure rate of counseling is higher than the success rate. Are you saying people shouldn't go to counseling? No, I'm saying go to counseling. That's step one. Uh, and if it fixes it, if, if it fixes the problem or at least in, improves it, great. Uh, if not, and again, I'm being very negative here. I don't think counseling in when you have a most of the people go to counseling and their relationship is failing or is on the verge of failed. Right. And those are. I think are tough to salvage. 
But at any rate, if you can't get the person who's supposed to support and love you the most to love and support you the most, yeah, leave them. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know what else. Otherwise, what's the other option? Yeah. You stay with them and be miserable? Yeah. Um, I know that that may not be a popular sentiment, and I know that that's not easy to do. I know that people's lives are interwoven with children and jobs and mortgages and bills and all of those sorts of things. Believe me, we know, <laughs> all right? We've been through it. But the other side of that dust cloud of shit that you're living in is the potential joy that you're looking for. Yeah. Well said. I think most of our audience, if they're in a non-monogamous relationship, probably don't deal with that issue. <laughs> What a bad relationship. Yeah, yeah. But for those that are not in non-monogamy and are just listening to us because they want to see what we're up to, that's for you. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. And All I'm right. not, look, by the way, I'm not supporting divorce in the sense that I think it's a great, it's a horrible thing. It's a horrible thing. It's but awful it's for a everybody. a horribly beautiful thing. And but, marriage isn't a great, I mean, I love being married to you, but I'm not a big fan of the institution of marriage in general. But. That's, that feels good to hear you say that. <laughs> I love having a partner <laughs> who is on the same page with me. <laughs> All right. Um, so along with creating your environment, it, you don't have to join a gym if you don't like the gym environment. Find somewhere where you can, like I said, work out with some friends if you like to work out by yourself. I love doing, I've just started discovering yoga by myself. Um, it gives me some peace and quiet and allows me to turn my brain off. Um, create your environment. Find a walking path that is, you know, a 10-minute walking path out your front door or, or whatever it is. But that's going to make such a difference in your everyday journey in health and fitness if you enjoy what you're doing and you have a supportive community or group of people around you. And and in your house, that can include things like we, because we no longer have a gym, we just had to do a lot of rearranging. We took our sunroom, which was kind of a spare bedroom. We've turned it into a little gym. We've sold our dining room table and some other. Because now we don't, we don't have the office at our gym we used to have. So now we've turned our dining room into an office. So who knows where we're going to have uh, Thanksgiving dinner. But In it's, the yard. <laughs> but so you create these environments that help facilitate the life that you want. And that, that goes for friends and family. That goes for your home life. Um, you know, start actively looking for ways to help make the choices that you want to make easier to make. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. All right. Number five, this is your absolute favorite. So I'm gonna let you speak a little bit on this, but that is drink more water. Oh, that is one thing I am exceptional about doing. <laughs> Because, as I understand it, it's Diet Dr. Pepper is 98% water. So I get a lot of that. <laughs> so, um, water. I'm not talking about Diet Dr. Pepper. I'm not talking about any other liquid but water. No, some, you know, there's, you can add fruit to it, you know, whatever. But I am shocked when I hear that adults don't drink water. I th growing up, I mean, that's all we had. Water hose water. Well, yeah, like you drink. But I've always drank a lot of water. So I assume that people just did. But I have had clients for years that it's a struggle to get them to drink one bottle, one 12-ounce bottle of water a day. And they're just like, I just don't like it. Um, As an adult... That's no longer a valid excuse. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to grow up. Right? Like, <laughs> you just have to fucking do it. It's going to help with your liver, kidney function. <laughs> like, your body needs, we're made, a large percentage of our body is water. You said just fucking do it. That's the Naughty Gym version just of the Nike. fucking do it. Instead yeah. of just do it. Okay. Sorry. Um. And I'm, I know I'm like this with you. Anytime Scott has a headache, I'm like, have you drank any water? Because even a 10% rate of dehydration can cause headaches. Well, actually, you say that about anything. I'm like, huh, my toe hurts. You Have you drank water? Huh. You know, I don't, I think our internet's 
the internet connection is not good today. Have you drank water? The first thing I do <laughs> if I am not feeling well, like my head's starting to hurt, I'm like, I need to drink a glass of water. Like I wake up in the morning and I literally chug a glass of water and I drink one right before I go to bed. And then I've got a water cup by my bedside that sometimes I'll wake up. As I'm going through like perimenopause, I think I'm more dehydrated than I have been previously. And so I've increased my water intake. Um, but I have a Yeti with me all day long. <laughs> those See those big Stanley cups now? They're just getting bigger and bigger. I don't carry a water jug around. I just carry, and it's not even a big Yeti. It's like, I don't know, 16 ounce. But if that works for you, do it. Find yeah. what works for you. Just do it. Just drink water. I'm so proud of Scott when he tells me he's had two glasses of water a day because that's up from zero <laughs> glasses of water that a day. There's <laughs> no days that I don't have water. How much? Well, I don't keep track of it. I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm just saying I drink water, but <laughs> I do partake in the nectar of the gods from time to time. <laughs> but you're trying to get rid of that too, right? Well, I keep saying that, but I don't have don't know that I've made any active. So Scott has a slight addiction to diet Dr. Pepper. Yeah. And I don't know if it's the taste of it or the caffeine, you think. Both. Yeah. All of it. You just love it so I much. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, I've never met anybody that loved Coke so much. We um again, because we were poor, I don't know if I said that before. <laughs> yeah, you've said that a few times. <gasps> We never had pop in the house like that. And so when I, I had kids, I just never bought it because I just thought, like, you don't give that that's to only, children. That's the only thing. Only rich people get. Right. And, and so um, it's so weird for me to have it like it's like you will go to the store sometimes once a day to get more Diet Dr. Pepper. And if you don't have it, if we're out yeah, of Diet Dr. Pepper, it doesn't matter what time of night it is. Well, it does matter. What, well, not, not really, I'm though. not going at 2 in the morning. But we can ha we can go to the grocery store, come back, and you'll realize we forgot Diet Dr. Oh, Pepper. Oh, yeah, I'll go and back in that case. definitely go back to the store, yeah, which yeah. is insane to me. <laughs> so I'll get caffeine headaches. <laughs> I know. We're going to work on it. <laughs> so making high protein and high quality foods your focus. Resistance training three times a day. Three times a week, minimum. Uh, making sleep a priority. Creating your environment. And then drinking more water. Those are things that don't go out tomorrow and just start, like, go from zero to, like, 100. Make slow changes, right? So maybe start with breakfast. Have it, And if you don't eat breakfast, make it your... Start with your first meal of the day, making uh, protein the largest portion. And then do that for a couple of weeks and then make that the focus at two meals a day. Um, start with one day of resistance training a week if you're not doing any. Um, you know, just start turning the TV off earlier. Slow changes. Wake up in the morning and drink a glass of water. But if you try to go from zero to 100, you will fail. Yeah. We see that over and over again where people go, okay, well, I started counting my calories and tracking my macros and drinking a gallon of water a day and working out five days a week. You're going to crash and burn because habits take time to develop and it can really shock your central nervous system and be a, a shock to your system and, and the people around you. <laughs> um, so make these slow changes. And I would like to add one thing to this list that I think needs to be on there. And that's, you need, you, it, it, and for some people, this will be as uh, dreadful for them as the resistance training, but you need to do some uh relatively low intensity, usually what's called zone two or three cardio yeah. through the week. It is not enough to just lift weights. You can just lift weights and look phenomenal, but you're not going to be as heart healthy mm -hmm. and um, disease resistant if you don't have some level of cardiovascular health. And again, like you pointed out earlier, just because you are on your feet all day at your job. Does is does not count as cardio. Yeah. But that can be a brisk walk, a a brisk ten minute walk. It can be some light rowing. Yeah. Pickleball. Yeah. Something oh. fun. Um it doesn't have to be hyper intense. You don't have to finish and have to collapse in utter exhaustion. In fact, a lot of times that can have um th there's a place for that, but mm -hmm. that 
overall can have some negative effects that you've got to recover from. We're not talking about super intense mm -hmm. here, just 30 minutes or so, three or four times a week. Yeah. Uh, get out there, be active, do something you enjoy, but, but you got to get that in too yeah. for optimal health. I agree. So those are our five, six things that you should be doing in 2024. I want to talk a little bit now. We're going to shift a little bit to some things, maybe some myths um, about health and fitness. I want to talk, I want to go back to talking about diets a little bit. So we're not big proponents of elimination diets as far as um, eliminating whole food groups, unless you're doing that to experiment with your body. And what I mean by that is um, like a whole 30. That's meant to be done for 30 days, and then you introduce foods back in and see how your body responds to it. Um, and we've both done that. We've done it a couple times over the year, but the first time we did it, um, we really learned a lot about our bodies. Yeah, that's when I learned I was uh, lactose intolerant, or at least mildly intolerant of it. Yeah. So the way the Whole30 works is you eliminate uh, grains, dairy, uh, what else? Uh, any, it's a strict paleo diet where you yeah, don't have- alcohol. Um, why can't I think of that now? We've done it several times. Anyways. Sugar. Sugar. Oh, yeah. Or added sugar. Yeah, added sugar. So you do that for 30 days, and then at the end of the 30 days, you reintroduce one of those food groups or one of those categories. So say you introduce dairy for a week. And you stop that, and then you reintroduce grains for a week. So that's you learned you were gluten intolerant. I mean, sorry, lactose intolerant. I learned I was gluten intolerant. Yeah. So what I didn't realize, you know, sometimes you don't know how bad you're feeling until you feel better. And um, I'm not celiacs or anything like that, but gluten is a huge inflammatory in my body, like causes so much inflammation. Um, and I was having horrible arthritis pain. My The joints in my knuckles would get really red and inflamed. And my hips felt like I was just like being stabbed in the hips sometimes. They just ached and hurt so bad. Um, and so cutting, not all gluten, I still can have small amounts. Um, but when I have large quantities of gluten, it has a yeah, like me. the last time you had pizza when we were at the beach for a family vacation and you said, fuck it, I'm just going to have it tonight. <laughs> and the next morning, and you ate a ton of it. <laughs> and the next morning, it looked like you'd been in the world heavyweight boxing match yeah. and, and lost. Yeah. Bad loss. My eyes swelled shut. <laughs> like, it was bad. And I think that's the first time you ever saw me have a bad reaction that, yeah, bad like that, to yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so... But yeah, that, that's the idea on some of those kind of experimental diets to see how your body reacts under some of these more extreme conditions. Because yeah. you, you may find out some things about yourself, especially if you're riddled with uh, aches and pains. Yeah. Some of these, like a, say a carnivore diet where it's just you're basically just eating meat and salt yeah. and drinking lots of water. I don't think that that's a long-term solution for most people. But what you may find out like you did, yeah. Uh, is oh my goodness, my body feels so much better. What what it is what is it about this? Or what did I eliminate that caused the improvement? And you can start learning things about yourself because what drives us nuts is for people who have just settled in their yeah. life. Like, well, my knees hurt. I can't do any physical activity. Right. Or my hips hurt. That's just my lot in life at this point. That is that is such bullshit. Right. So there there are ways that you can start experimenting and try to figure out what the problem is. You just have to seek out help a lot of times to do that. Right. Well, and a lot of times people, this is probably an unpopular thing to say, but would rather just have the easy way out and get medication to treat symptoms. Um, I've dealt like I've dealt with this with one of my brothers who has severe inflammation and gastro problems and intest or intestinal problems. And um, you know, he'll call me and say he's having a, you know, a, a really bad time. And I'm like, okay, well, have you tried cutting out dairy? Have you 
tried cutting out this and just see how you feel. No, I tried that once. And what he means is I tried that for a day. <laughs> one meal, one, right. one meal. I didn't have cheese. Right. And so thankfully I can be honest with him and I'm like, I don't want to fucking hear it. I don't want to hear it. If you're not willing to put in the work that it takes to feel better and you're just going to settle that this is just your life now, that's not a part of aging. Okay. I mean, maybe some symptoms, you know, maybe you develop a gluten intolerance later in life or a lactose intolerance later in life, but the pain that you're feeling, you don't have to feel that. There's ways that you can use nutrition to heal your body and, and working out to heal your body. And it may just be my perception. I'm 51 now, and it feels like that a lot of people are around that age, mm -hmm. somewhere in that time frame of their life, that's when people start to sort of give up. Like, yeah. I just kind of, you know, go home. I go to work, come home, sit on the couch. We might go eat, go to a movie. But as far as activity, as far as being able to get up and do things, to go for a jog if they wanted to, or go yeah. shoot basketball with the grandkids, you're just sort of given up on that part of life because you think you're too old for it. Right. And that is just not true. Well, and we've heard this from doctors. If you're, <laughs> I actually found a new doctor because as we age, our hormones change. And so I went, had my blood panel. This was years ago. We've been doing regular blood work now for probably eight, eight years. Um, said, well, this is normal. As you age, your estrogen is going to drop. Your test is going to drop. That's just part of aging. And I'm like, well, I'm not, as I sit today, I am not an average 45-year-old. <laughs> I don't Amen, want, girl. thank you. Yeah. I don't, I shouldn't feel like this. I, what do you mean? Like there's, there's a, the, so the hormone range, like they'll say, okay, 100 is low, but it goes up to like, if there's a spectrum, 100 to 800, between 100 and 800 is normal. You know what I'm talking about? You're talking about testosterone? Right. It guys? Well, yeah. Okay. Guys, I don't know what the women... Yeah, it's much lower. Right, yeah. yeah way lower. <laughs> but so let's say you're 101 yeah. on the low end. Most doctors would go, well, you're within the normal range. Oh, yeah. It's like 300 to 800. But right. Yeah, but yeah. Well, I don't want to be within the normal range at 100. How can I optimize that and be closer to the 800 mark? <laughs> Right. And so I found a, a doctor that works with women only in balancing their hormones to optimize your hormones so that we don't just like shrivel up and die like, oh, you're 45. This is you're just going to start falling apart now, which is what my other doctor said, who. By all appearances, isn't very healthy, <laughs> but that's kind of an old school way of thinking yeah. that, well, as you age, things change and that's just the way it is. Yeah. This may not be a popular opinion either, but some doctors suck. No, that's true. I, I mean, they, they're well, just they've like told us, we've talked to doctors before who said, you know, we had one nutrition class in med school. That's it. They have no idea. Yeah. I mean, they may, they they have some superficial and some do, some will learn and right. educate themselves and, and become a specialist maybe on that topic. But find a doctor who is going to aggressively try to give you a vibrant uh, life right. that, that, that says, look, I don't, you're not going to sit on the couch under my watch, Right. Uh, that they're going to do aggressive blood testing, that they're going to promote an active lifestyle, that they're going to help get you on the path to vitality and not on the path to comfortably sitting on the couch yeah, for the rest of your yeah. life. I found a doctor who works with her clients first on nutrition. And I love that. Like, how can we get your hormones and vitamin, vitamin deficiencies in balance with diet first? Yeah. And then we'll retest, see how you're doing and see if we need to supplement in any way. Well, And one of the reasons that that's not common mm -hmm. is because it's not easy to sell. Right. You know, you give a pill, I mean, Ozempic or, and, and I'm not bashing these, these have a place. And I think it's a good drug for yeah. a lot of people for specific reasons, but um, it is very easy to sell a drug for weight loss. It is not easy to sell nutrition and exercise right. for weight loss. Um, if, if you go to a doctor and they're prescribing, the first thing they want to do is put you on a weight loss drug or some other seemingly simple fix 
without addressing your nutrition or lifestyle first. Right. Then they are likely doing you a disservice in the long run. It may work in the short term, but it's not the optimal path to health. It could be a kickstart, but there's other pieces of that puzzle that are going to have to be in place for you to live the sort of, uh, you know, fun, active field life, adventure field life that we think most people want to live. Yeah. All right. There was a few things that I wanted to talk about, but I think we're running out of time. So maybe we can make another episode. But I wanted to talk about nootropics and natural uh, remedies for like ADD and anxiety and stuff like that that I've just been experimenting with here lately. I actually found a drink that I really like because I'm also um, really cutting back on my alcohol intake just because it makes me feel so shitty the next day. I, I get real swollen and um, it, it just don't feel good. So I found a drink that has um, lion's mane in it, which is meant to help with like clarity and mood and THC, which yeah. also helps with <laughs> <laughs> maybe mood. not clarity. But definitely, yeah, good. and uh, it, it gave me a real mellow, chill feeling. Yeah, if you're listening to this still, uh, if you've made it all the way to the end of this episode and you have any experience with these THC infused drinks, uh, drop a comment and yeah. let us let us know about them because uh, it's very interesting. There's some, there's some, there's a movement. Uh, you know, people like the um, mood stimulation right. of alcohol, but this does it also just in a different way. It's THC. In a healthier way. And, and the argument is that it's healthier than alcohol. So if you have any experience with this, uh, mm-hmm. let us know because it's something we're interested in. We're starting to try. Yeah. Yeah. But I've also, um, I'm making the move away from coffee. Um, and I've been, I've been using mud water for. No, you're about um, to cause a riot with the coffee thing. Yeah, I know. I love coffee, by the way. I love the smell of it. I love the taste of it. I love it all. Um, but I'm looking for something that is a little bit more and can help with, I have, I've had really bad brain fog, um, lately. Um, and like I said, my ADD has been kind of out of control. So, um, I've tried mud water. I like it. I don't love it. And I've the tried- The taste you're talking about? I love the taste, oh, but the consistency, it's kind of, it doesn't dissolve really good. And I've tried everyday dose um, and I'm researching some other things. So those are, those use um, some mushrooms like cordyceps and Reiki and um, chaga, I think is the other one. Lion's oh, mane. Sounds like you're just making up words to me. Um, <laughs> anyways, cordyceps. we're going to do another episode on that. Um, so yeah, if you have experience with any of these, um, you know, new health products out there, uh, send us a message, drop yeah. a comment that really helps again, the algorithm of these videos get out to people. So, you know, we'd be interested to hear what you think. Yeah, for sure. All, All right, right, baby, guys. what else? I think that's it. That's going to wrap it up. I just want. Oh, one last thing. Oh, yeah. oh well, I, we're going back to Hito. We just yeah, found out. Yeah. Um, April 1st through the 6th. The event actually starts- On the 30th of March. This is Casual Swingers Week. Yeah. Uh, Mickey and Mallory are friends and they they do uh, exceptional. They were they were heroes at our event yeah. helping us. And uh, we're going to go now and try and return the favor a little bit and help them. I think they might have one or two rooms left. Uh, yeah. So if you're interested, hit them up uh, and go to uh, their week because you will have a blast. Yeah, you go to casualswingerweek.com. That's their website. Oh, I and didn't you can know book that. Keto. Yep. Um, and then we are doing a local meet and greet, but we're stepping it up a notch. It's going to be formal. We've got a super cool, one of the hottest event centers in Huntsville, brand, Alabama. Brand new and beautiful. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. So that's going to be April 27th. That's Saturday night. This is meant to be kind of a, an upscale one night meet and greet. There's going to be entertainment, hors d'oeuvres. Dancing. Dancing. Inter- yeah, so many cool things. Hopefully we can create a really sexy environment. So Yeah, but well, also that weekend is a local, it's the Southeast's largest art festival panoply is in town, in downtown um, Huntsville. That Friday night before Saturday, we'll probably do like a local meet and greet, super casual um, at the place that we typically have our local meet and greets. And then the next night, Saturday night, the 27th is going to be the big um, shindig. Um, but we're, there's no playrooms and this is an intentional thing. 
Um, it was, I think it was kind of my idea. It was yeah. um, an experiment we're doing. Because I love the no pressure mingling and flirting without um, being worried that I'm going to have to perform that night. Now, there's hotels within walking distance. In fact, there's one right behind. So our hope is that you make a connection and then you can go play in your own hotel rooms and stuff. Um, but I also... Because it's cocktail attire, I want to look super sexy and dress up and have my hair and makeup done. And I don't want to have to take that off to give a blowjob or have my <laughs> pussy a in the back room in a playroom. I want to look good. And then if we want to go play, we can go back to the hotel room and freshen up and stuff. Yeah, it's a little bit different uh, setup. And, and we're aware of that. And what we're trying to do is provide a, a an upscale, connection-driven um, high-end event. Yes. And then if that turns into play, it happens off-site. And, and we do think that that's going to, for some people like us who yeah. don't enjoy what feels like pressure to us when the playrooms are sort of looming in the back. Yeah. Um, and that, and again, there's nothing wrong with that. And, yeah. and we love that environment as well sometimes, but uh, just a little bit different uh, feel for our event. Yeah. So. Excited about it. All right, guys. Well, happy new year. <laughs> six, six weeks later. Six weeks later. If you found this helpful, let us know. We love to get your feedback. Like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Uh, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Stay naughty.